everyone. Welcome to another edition of Meet the Creator. Um, I am today talking to Luke, Luke Palmer about a book that has broken me, guys. So I'm just going to warn you. Um, but having said that, I absolutely adored it. So this morning we're going to be talking about play. And um, welcome, Luke. Very nice to see you. I'm very nice to see you. Thank you very much for having me. Not at all. Would you be happy to start us off with a little bit of an intro and a reading, please, Luke? Absolutely. Yeah, no worries. Um, so Play is the story of four boys who are growing up together in a small town in kind of rural Middle Englandshire, and they're bored, basically. So they they play a bunch of games, they riff off each other, they, they score points from each other to kind of try and negotiate that hierarchical kind of male friendship group until one of them falls in with uh, the wrong crowd. He gets sucked into a, what he thinks is a game, um, but ends up being a county lines drug smuggling operation um and the book kind of asks whether the other three can save him before it's too late so i'll start with the the opening of the book um for a quick reading and it goes like this everyone's setting their socks on fire we're up on the school fields the moon a hard gash in a darkening sky and everywhere little orange flares are glowing around people's feet from where i'm lying they look like stars or fireworks puffs of light coloured by laughter. Sometimes the laughter tightens into a scream or opens to a shout or floats off into the night. The grass under my palms has been warm all summer and I can hear it growing between my fingers. Orange pulses register on the inside of my eyelids. There's a smell of deodorant and burning and green, of course. You can always smell the green on nights like this, thick and sweet. And the laughter has a smell too, a kind of welcoming, warm smell, like dinner on the table when you get home, but maybe not so wet. I smile and the lights inside my eyelids are dancing. I can hear Mark's voice, or I remember hearing Mark's voice. He's probably gone by now, called away to some more important something, his phone pulling on him and taking his wares elsewhere. I laugh at that one, wares elsewhere. I like words like that, words that play together. My favourite one is the difference between nowhere and now here, that little gap. Amazing what changes when you add some space, some air. Such a small difference, but it makes all the difference. I worry about Mark, though. Wonder if a little gap will open inside him, let the air and light in before it's too late. I worry for Luke, too, but I worry differently. I can hear him as well, his voice mapping his body, coming out of the night like a growl. It's funny how people's bodies can be a perfect map of themselves. Every ounce of Luke's body and how he carries it is seeping through that voice. It'll be the death of him one day, all that tone and muscle. And Matt, sitting behind me, it's his hand on my back, rubbing gently. It always is, poor Matt, but he's storing these things away for later. That's what he does. And the fires are flowering inside my eyes. And I feel somehow like all the moments that have ever happened in the whole world have led to this one. And how there's a balance in that. Because all the moments that could ever happen now will come from here. With me lying on the school field, my friends around me, setting their socks on fire. But then the moment passes into a new one. Could you ever work out the different ways each moment could go? Draw a map that would tell you paths to follow, the ones that might go somewhere, or which would lead to a cliff edge. Well, 
you know, I could just sit here and listen to you carry on reading for hours um, because that's what we all enjoy. There's nothing better than listening to an author reading their own words. But I suppose I best ask you some questions because I think that's what I'm supposed to do. So, I mean, play is incredibly powerful. It's an incredibly powerful book and it gives us a real insight into the lives of teenage boys. Now, apart from being male yourself, where does that insight come from? Where does your knowledge of their problems come from? Sure. Um, I think, well, I was one for a long time. Um, yeah. Teenage boy. Um, and I, I've been a teacher now for, I think this is my 16th, 17th year, maybe in the classroom. Um, and I work with secondary age um, students. And uh, I, I think the the level on which you have to listen as a teacher and, and be aware of what's going on around you, I think that that kind of has has and seeps in and and teenage boys are the group that I probably enjoy working with most because they are they're brilliant and funny and interested and interesting but they've got this strange kind of carapace on half the time this strange shell um that you've got to try and get through but without knowing that you're getting through it in a way or without them knowing you're getting through it and when they do open up they're they're it's absolutely wonderful um but they're they're just great fun to work with really and I, so I think they're Staying in touch with teenage boys um, through teaching has definitely, definitely informed this book. There's probably a distillation of all the children I've ever taught probably are kind of in here somewhere. So, yeah, so I think, it, yeah, that's definitely helped. I must say, um, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been a self-employed consultant for many years now, but before that I was a school librarian, pretty tough area, southeast London, in an all-boys school. Sure. So naturally, reading the book, there were kids that come back into my memory and I thought, oh, yeah, that was like that kid and that was like that kid. Um, and there's nothing like working with boys. You know, I, I loved working with boys. I really did. Because as you said, they've kind of got this attitude about them. But, you know, below that attitude, there's so much else going on. Yeah, absolutely. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with that, I mean, there are so many themes running through the book, so many important themes, you know, toxic masculinity, drug use, um, finding yourself, if you like, and conservation. What inspired you to write about such contentious, important themes? Um, I think the way I write is always character led. It starts with the characters and the those characters kind of tell their story, I suppose. And they they tend to work in my head pretty uncontrolled. I don't I, I with this book, with the the kind of the interplay of all the storylines, there was definitely more planning than than the first book, but still they kind of took their own routes between the places I wanted them to get to. And I think all the 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 issues came in because I think that's this is the environment that that boys are living in now that there are these issues out there I didn't set out to write an issue based book kind of from the issue downwards it kind of grew from the characters up really and I think at no point as a teenager or even as a grown up are you flagged up as being in a situation where you know this is a toxic masculinity situation or yeah. this is a situation that deals with sexual consent or this is a situation that deals with um you know your kind of selfhood or or coming of age the they kind of they intertwine they they kind of they they they're just there they're kind of background i guess these are the kind of contexts we're living against so i think to try to write a book about you know, lived and hopefully kind of realistic, believable boyhood at the moment um, 
those issues are that's that's the kind of the issues that they're living with on a daily basis even if it's not a kind of obvious you know obvious situation at any time Mm. it's running through their daily lives isn't it it's absolutely I also found it, obviously, as a parent myself, um, I did pick up very much, pardon me, on the different parenting styles that Mm. the boys, um, mums and dads had and the effect this had on their kids, the different parenting styles. Can you elaborate a little bit on that for, for those that haven't read the book? Sure. I think it's it's a bit of a trope, isn't it, in, in young adult fiction that you get rid of the parents as soon as you can. <laughs> you kind of you find a way to get the, the young people out there on their own, which is brilliant. And um and I, I think there's there's plenty of that that the, the children in this book when they're when they are interacting together, the, the parents are miles away and they don't really think about them, which is how I remember my kind of childhood being that you know as soon as you're out the house you're out the house aren't you you're kind of you're off into the into the world on your own but um I think it would have been um unfair of me I think to show kind of modern masculinity or or kind of various takes on modern masculinity without showing where it's come from I think and and even though teenagers might not want to admit it I think parental influence is still looms massive in their lives um you know in a positive and a negative way in many ways um, so I think I wanted to acknowledge that. And again, as a parent of myself as well, um, to kind of to say that, um, you know, to Philip Larkin probably put it best. I won't quote him because it's a bit rude, but, um, you know, in the, you know we know the, the quote. Yeah. Exactly. We all know the quote. But um, yeah, I think that to show where young people are coming from, um, as well as where they're going, I think kind of shows both sides of that, um, that binary. So I think. Play is an engrossing and important read, especially for young men, but for anybody, for anybody. Were you a reader yourself as a teen, though? I was, yeah. Um, I read voraciously more than I probably do now. Um, I've I've kind of lost touch with reading a little bit um, in the last kind of couple of months, especially uh, for for various reasons. I need to get back to it. But yeah, as a teenager, um, me and my friends would like constantly throw books at each other um and and kind of share that and I was very very lucky to kind of grow up with with a, a group of young guys um who we were all readers and we were all interested in 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 stories in that way and and kind of film and all that kind of thing as well so yeah um I was definitely a reader as a kid yeah and that's really good to show because you know we, we do have this out there in the media there's this kind of assumption that boys don't read Boys don't read. And and I know personally that I found that is not actually the case. You know, many boys love reading. Um, and I think we need to make more of that fact that, you know, kids do read. They do read nowadays. So what what were your favourite authors as a teen? Um, I remember chewing through in middle school Douglas Hill science fiction books. Um loads and loads and loads of those. Um, and then I moved through um the uh, books like Junk and uh, Doing It. Melvin Burgess was was brilliant and, and Melvin Burgess was a kind of big influence, I think, on me becoming a writer. Uh mm-hmm. William Sutcliffe's early books as well, um, New Boy mm-hmm. and Are You Experience were were kind of groundbreaking for me that you know someone was writing about you know, a young a young guy who was unsure of themselves and uncertain and um, all of these things. There was none of that kind of traditional heroicness about William Suckley's characters that I really enjoyed. Um, and then I got into, I guess, the kind of the, the more grown up end of the spectrum, reading Irvin Welsh and um, and kind of authors like him, um, Ian Banks and, and, and stuff like that, who were writing 
you know, I guess, I don't know, I guess nowadays it would be called kind of crossover fiction, I suppose, wouldn't it? But there was there was yeah. no such category back then. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of, but I would chew through anything. Um, Laurie Lee's Sided with Rosie was quite an early read that was kind of really groundbreaking. I loved Dylan Thomas as well. Kind of fell in love with him before I fell in love with poetry, really. Kind of reading Under Milk Wood in the mm-hmm. library um, as a 15, 16 year old. Um, so, yeah, uh, kind of quite a wide palette, probably. Interesting to hear you mention Melvin Burgess. Because I definitely felt the influence of Melvin Burgess reading the book yeah. um, in the best possible way, best possible way. Amazing echoes um, of his earlier books. So, um, yeah, you've you've certainly done him proud because I could read <laughs> the you know, I could get the influences. But that's just because obviously I've read all of them and, and I could feel that coming in. So are we allowed to ask what are you working on next? Yeah, definitely. Well, um, we have just we, we I'm, I'm working with Firefly again, uh, the guys that have brought up the first two books, um, and we're going to do another book. Uh, we're looking at I think January of 2025, I think, or, or early 2025 rather. Um, another book in the same kind of universe um, about music. Really, it's it was my attempt to write a more cheerful book, but me being me, um, it, it kind of. <laughs> It took a bit of a turn, about 30,000 words in, um, but it explores music and what music means to young people, because that, to me, was a a real kind of a a huge thing in my young life, uh, was playing in bands and playing songs and, um, you know, putting on shows for friends and and that kind of stuff. So it's about a a group of kids who are all kind of in various bands and play music together and and use that, I suppose, to, uh, to kind of structure their lives and pull them through some difficult times. Now, that sounds... Right up my street. Um, for me, as a teenager, yeah, it was all about the music. I mean, I'm uh, perhaps slightly atypical when you're thinking about librarians. I'm I'm a rocker. So <laughs> it was all about going to see Saxon and people like that. So, um, yeah, music was a massive thing for me. So can't wait to read it. That sounds amazing. What did you think of the, I mean, something that struck me very much was the front cover imagery on play and it's incredibly powerful isn't it Uh, were you happy with that did that make you delighted um and glenn did an absolutely brilliant job um on that one we there were various options um on the cover of various different alignments of one boy or four boys and that kind of thing but that that image of 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 the boy jumping or falling um i I think it, it just instantly grabbed me um, as, a, as yeah. a as a brilliant shot and the and all the there's a bit of a kind of um, lost boysy kind of vibe to it I think yeah it kind of captures that you know that late 80s early 90s movie kind yeah of vibe going on there um, but yeah I, I thought the cover was amazing and and I think cover artists are, are geniuses and Anne in particular to how they managed to kind of distill a book down to you know a single image into um, single image it yeah. it's just wow isn't it yeah. you know it's just and and it's I love the the darkness of it, but but also with the way that the boy is silhouetted against the moon, it's almost the lightness as well. You know, it's the two things. Yeah, and definitely. It was incredibly masterly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, well, as I say, we could carry on talking for a very long time, Luke, but I do get given time limits for these interviews. So thank you so much for coming to talk to us about the book. As I say, I did love it, but I've not quite forgiven you for breaking me yet. <laughs> I apologise. Um, because, yeah, yeah, we're not going to say any more, guys, but let me just say <laughs> that towards a certain part of the book, I was doing the shouting at the book 
you know, when you can see something's going to happen. And I was going, no, no, don't do that. So, yeah, I'm a tiny bit broken. But there you go. That's the sign of a, a good author that can make you believe in the characters and make you invest in them. So, you know, all credit to you for that. Thank you for saying that's very kind. Thank you. So, thank you very much. And I'm looking forward to reading the next one. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers. Take care. Mm-hmm.